Welcome to the Life Curation Podcast. I'm your host, Andrina Tisi. Together, we will explore thoughts, inspirations, and conversations that feed our soul, spark the mind, and nourish the body. Thank you so much for being here to learn and grow and for walking this journey called life with me. Welcome back to the Life Creation Podcast, or if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm thrilled that you're here and that you found my podcast. Today, I have a dear friend and colleague on the podcast, Caitlin Ball, health and lifestyle coach. Caitlin is another dear person I met through yoga and how it so often goes. We connected outside of class, we organized workshops together, we had our regular farmer's market dates, we went for walks or lunches and the highlight was when I was able to visit her in California during my Vancouver and California trip a year and a half ago. Today, Caitlin and I dive deep into the topic of body confidence and body love and what rituals we can do to be kinder to ourselves and our bodies. So Caitlin's expertise is intuitive eating, which is eating by listening to our emotional, physical and mental needs and not just make it about the food. Caitlin helps women to quit diet so they can trust their food choices, be confident in their body and love their lives. Through her group program, one-on-one coaching and workshop, she teaches women how to eat intuitively and take care of their whole self inside and out. She can't live without dark chocolate and Swiss, of course, being her favorite, <laughs> or red wine. And she also doesn't think anybody else should. So with no further ado, let's hop into our conversation. Hi, Caitlin. So good to see and hear you. Yay, Andrina. I'm so happy to be here. All the way from San Fran to Zurich. Yes. <laughs> I miss Zurich. I miss San Fran. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for being on my podcast. And to kick it off, we'll do five, this or that. So you can just completely answer spontaneously out of your belly. Sounds good. Mountains or ocean? Ocean. It's just there. Like a true Californian girl. (laughs) Yeah, That's why we had to move back. (laughs) card or board game card game book or movie book appetizer or dessert definitely dessert i wish i had more swiss chocolate in my life (laughs) (laughs) but you sent me some that that was really good (laughs) maybe there's more coming (laughs) yes i hope bath or shower shower I just had an outdoor shower this weekend. It was so nice. Oh, I know which one. At my Santa Cruz beach house yet. Oh. You took one out there. When I you did. Yeah. Oh, oh God. How <laughs> so wonderful. I actually, it was raining outside and I was trying to imagine that I was at the Hurley Mon on the top floor of, <laughs> in the bath. 
I miss the thermal baths and so beautiful. I can't really imagine that we have like zero degrees here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to really dig deep with you into the topic of body love and body confidence, which you know you're the pro and expert on all that topic. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's a really important topic because on one point in everybody's life, I think this topic is, you know maybe more present than others but I also think it's a kind of an ongoing topic for pretty much everybody yeah and correct me if I'm wrong but is it like the root of you know I'm gonna say low body love or low body confidence is it Mm -hmm. shame and guilt and is that big part of it I think the biggest part of it is just our society telling us and showing us how we are supposed to look. So in a way it is shame or guilt because you think that if your body is bigger, that it's wrong. And when you think you're doing something wrong, you feel guilty about it. So it's the same for how you feel about your body with the foods that you're eating. If you think this food is bad for you, you're probably going to feel guilty about it afterwards. But if you think it's good for you or you have no feelings about it and you're just excited to eat it, you're not going to, you're not going to feel bad about it. So I think a lot of it is just rooted in diet culture and Mm -hmm. what we have been accustomed to believe is right about how our bodies should look. And we live in a culture that tells us that being thin is the ideal and being in a smaller body, especially for a woman, is what you should be. And they've also tried to portray that health is a thin body, which is not necessarily even true. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's that's where the the guilt and shame about our bodies come up is is from believing that if if it doesn't look the way it's supposed to look that it's not healthy that it's wrong that it's bad and and that can just make everything worse yeah and do you think you know the self-love and the self-confidence is the same or similar to body love and body confidence or how are they connected? Yeah, so I guess it just depends, you know. I I have a friend that's very she's totally confident in her body but then lacks self-confidence in mm-hmm. different areas. So I think a lot of times it's just an entry point to your insecurities. So if you're insecure about uh you might be insecure about your body, you might be insecure about the career path you've taken, you might be insecure about um, being a good person in a relationship, like, you know, whatever it may be. So if you are insecure about your body, it's a good way to start working on your confidence and working on, uh, yeah, working on figuring out how to love your body and feel confident in your body. And then it starts seeping into all the other areas of your life. So for me, it was the entry point to gain confidence just in general. And, you know, I, I started dieting when I was 12 and 
the reason why I started dieting was because I wanted to fit in. You're in seventh grade and you, (laughs) your girls are mean at that age and you just want to feel like you fit in and you don't want any extra reason for people to make fun of you. And I was already taller than every girl. And I was, uh, you know, a little bit chubbier, I would say (laughs) when growing up and that, and a lot bigger than my friends. So dieting was the answer for me to gain confidence in general. You know, what I thought I needed to do was to change my body, make my body smaller, then I would fit in. And then I could be more confident in myself and, and more confident of the person that I actually am. Uh, So it was, yeah, it's really, it, it's really, they're connected, but not everybody has the big, not everybody's biggest issue is body confidence, but whatever issue there is, it, it seeps back into the inner confidence, self-confidence. And I think body confidence is a good thing to work on to help you with your confidence in general. Yes. I think it's also for me, depending how I feel in my body, like if I feel you know, healthy and good and strong. Mm-hmm. I also feel my self-confidence is different. Totally. You yeah. Know? I had a I had a client call recently where everybody on the call was having low body image days. And every single person I asked, what else is going on in your life right now? And everybody had something stressful going on yeah. in their life. And so oftentimes if something's going wrong, you want, you feel bad about your body and you want to control it. (laughs) I want to, because that is something that you feel like you can control when actually you really want to, you really want to dig a little deeper and be like, okay, this is stressing me out right now. How can I deal with this stress? Does that mean having a conversation with somebody that you're in a fight with or something? Or does that mean, um, you know, setting more boundaries at work or whatever it may be, you know, some stress you can't deal with, like we're in a pandemic, there's nothing we can do (laughs) about some of the underlying stress we have right now. But, but just reminding yourself that, okay, this is not about my body. This is, there is no need to try to control my body right now. There are plenty of other ways to make myself feel better that don't have to do with trying to shrink shrink myself. Yeah, but I think what you just kind of touched on in terms of stress and the pandemic, and I don't know, maybe you, you know, as a question, do you see that within the last year, that whole body love, body confidence has kind of been shaken more with your clients? because of the outside stress? It's actually an interesting mix because some of it, it really depends on the personality types Mm -hmm. because some of my clients, because they don't have to get dressed and go out in the world, they're actually a lot less stressed because they're not worried about being outside and what other people are thinking about them because they can be at home. The of then there's other clients that actually thrive on being out and about and and in the world and you know maybe it's like introvert versus extrovert. It I mean it's not totally exact science, but some people then are having issues with their body because they're um, 
yeah, because they're not enjoying their lives or they're, or they're stressed about different aspects of the pandemic and then try to control their body as a way to control the situation. So it's really, it's really dependent on, on the person and, and how, yeah, how this is all affecting you. Some people are happy to be home. I'm an extroverted introvert. So I have days where I am like, this is great. (laughs) I can wear my yoga pants. And then I have days where it's like, oh my God, I need to get dressed up and go out to a restaurant with my girlfriends or I'm going to blow. (laughs) Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. So going a little bit back to that feeling um, and also maybe for you, when you, you know, with your journey and what you notice with yourself, what kind of feelings can we try to foster instead of, you know, going back to the shame and the guilt or this low self-love or so body image stories mm-hmm. then come up? So what other feelings can we try to tap into to feel better about ourselves? So, yeah, I think the the best thing you can start with is gratitude, body gratitude. And I don't know about well, I know you have a gratitude practice and I have a gratitude practice and a lot of people listening will hopefully start one or maybe you have some sort of gratitude practice. But I think a great thing to do is add in some body gratitude into that into that practice because the more you can be grateful for everything that your body does for you, it's easier to let go of worrying about the way it looks because you're starting to realize day by day, wow, there's so many amazing things my body does for me. The way she looks is the least important thing about her. And that's kind of the same idea of a general gratitude practice is realizing like when I first started a gratitude practice, what I realized was just being able to, even when I had a crappy day and I thought it was a crappy day, I was still able to write write five things down that I was really grateful for or five things that were a really good part about my day. And it was always surprising to me. Wow. Okay. There was some pretty great stuff that happened today. I just happened to be focusing on the negative. And so that's the same thing for the body gratitude practice is start writing those good things down so you can take less focus off the the negative uh, thoughts that you have. So that's a great place to start. And another uh, thing that you can do is just start respecting your body, treating your body as if she's another person that you love. And just, uh, you know, you hear me oftentimes say the word she or her when talking about the body, because I like to think of the body as a separate being. And then what can I do to help her? What can I do to help her feel better today? Feel, um, feel more energetic, feel all the good feelings. (laughs) And just as if she were your partner or your child, what do they need? I have to think about what my my two boys need on a daily basis. Like they need to be fed. They need, the younger one needs the diaper change. The other one needs, he needs to socialize somehow and get some energy out and all those different things that I think about for my kids. I have to think about for my body too. My body likes to move regularly and she feels better when she's moving. She feels better when she has a variety of foods every single day. Um, she feels better when, when I, um, 
dress her in a way that's comfortable that that is you know dependent on the day like I said sometimes it's yoga pants sometimes it's it's putting on the the cute outfit just dependent on the day but but taking the time to think about what she needs in that moment so those are two great places to start feeling more more confident in your body yeah I love that it's like you know, you're with your best friend, kind of. And exactly. There he is. <laughs> right? Yeah, treat her like that. And, totally. and uh, but it's also, it's a good question to ask yourself, like, if this were my best friend, would I say this to her? Would I say, exactly. you look awful today? Why is your stomach so fat? No, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So when those things pop up, that's, yeah, it's a great, great thing is, to remind yourself, would I say this to my best friend? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about women and she and her. And why is it that it is very often a bigger topic for us women than for, for men? Yeah. That has a lot to do with going back to talking about diet culture. Well, it, Unfortunately, it's it's kind of patriarchal in the sense that uh, diets were created by men and some of the underlying reasons for creation were to, to shrink women, um, not only physically, but from different aspects. So in the workforce, if you if women are focused on their bodies and how they look and spending a lot of time thinking about that, the mental energy that diets, if you've ever done a diet, <laughs> the mental energy that it takes is a lot. So you're not going to have that time to uh, be surpassing men in, in the workforce. So think about that's, that's part of the reason why diets were created, unfortunately. And so it's just, uh, there's just so much more focus on on women and how you look, just think about, you know, my husband, he rolls out of bed and, and gets on zoom. <laughs> if I get on zoom, I maybe want to shower, maybe put a little makeup on, maybe do my hair, uh, depending on the day, <laughs> the person, but, but it's, it's just much more expected of, of us. And it's also just in our society on a daily basis, you see, oh, you should go get lash, ex you should spend all this time and money getting lash extensions and you should spend all this time and money. Um, ugh, the latest thing is like these, you know, the, whatever the Kardashians created these like, um, waist shrinkers. So it's like a corset basically. <laughs> so you have to sit in a corset uh, to try to shrink your waist. So it looks unnaturally thin. Like that sounds awful to me, <laughs> but, but that is what, it, then you're, this is what you're seeing. And you're seeing all these Photoshopped images of women that look like that. So then you think like, oh, I should look like that. You don't see tons of Photoshopped images of men. I mean, yeah, probably some, maybe adding more muscle or whatever, but, but I saw something recently too, of like how the dad bod is like celebrated <laughs> the dad bod of like, you become a dad and then you gain weight. Well, the mom bod is not celebrated. The mom bod is why didn't you get your body back after birthing a child in, you know, you're supposed to have it back in like 12 weeks. Well, actually, <laughs> 
Right. I'm like 12 weeks postpartum and I'm still not sleeping through the night. So uh, how am I supposed to have time to and energy to like work out and make all these healthy meals along with taking care of two kids and a husband? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy the standards that women are supposed to live up to and, um, and what we see on a regular basis of what we should be looking like. So that's... It's just a little different than what, what guys are seeing on a daily basis. Yeah. And do you, you know, because you lived for many years in Switzerland, Zurich, and now you're back in San Francisco and you've, you also traveled a lot. Do you see a difference between the cultures and the yeah. countries and the, you know, places you've been? Totally. So... <clears throat> what's amazing about my move was that being able to see the difference in food culture uh, is what helped me to be able to find intuitive eating and be open to it because I noticed that there wasn't nearly as much talk about diets. Uh, you know, number one, on the menus at restaurants, there weren't all these different options. You also don't, don't have to look at the calorie counts like in the US, the menus a lot of these menus have to post the calorie counts. Like you go to Starbucks and you know exactly how many mm -hmm. calories are in the muffin you're buying. Uh, and then on top of it, the grocery stores, if you go to a grocery store in the U S you are seeing every kind of diet. You can buy the keto version of this, the paleo version of that, the weight watchers version of this. And like all these different diets are prevalent in our grocery stores. Uh, but, and then going out to restaurants in Switzerland, I noticed, you know, there's, there's just not like the low fat option. I mean, there was always the fitness teller. <laughs> but other than that, there wasn't all these like low fat options, you didn't order your salad dressing on the side, like, I there's so few women in the US that order salad dressing mixed in with their salad, because we've been told our whole lives that salad dressing is really the the fattening piece. So you got to not eat too much salad dressing. <laughs> and then you eat this like dry gross salad, because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, so just noticing those things when I moved to the to Europe was amazing, because I was like, okay, there's another way to eat, I don't have to be stressed about food so much, I can enjoy food. But you know, in I, it, the plates were also much smaller too, which was interesting because it's, uh, it's just funny that you, yeah, the, back in the U S the plates are huge. So if you're going out to dinner, then it's like this big, um, you're indulging when you're going out to a meal here. And so then that often means you're overindulging. It doesn't. So when I was dieting, it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm perfect when I'm at home. And then when I go out, I'm going to eat this big giant meal. And that's better because it's, there's more, but it's not actually better when there's more. You can have an indulgent, delicious meal that's full fat, but eat an amount that actually feels good to your body. And so that's what I was learning when I was in Europe. And now coming back here, I've had to just kind of remind myself of all those, <laughs> those different things that, uh, more is not better. <laughs> and I just need to continue to listen to my body and, and not not be influenced by all the diet talk that's out there. And unfortunately, uh, 
it's every age is every age and um, both female and male are subject to it. And I, I ran into an acquaintance that's an older man and I was telling him I'm a health coach and he was telling me, you know, he didn't realize what intuitive eating was. And so he was telling me how great the keto diet was and how it's the best thing ever. And I was just thinking like, man, you're a 60 year old man and you have to, you're stressed about doing keto on a daily basis. Like that's, that's so sad. Like I would hate to spend the rest of my life constantly being on and off diets. And I don't believe anybody has to. So that's why I'm so passionate about about teaching this. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, you know, a lot of these quote unquote diets, they have, you know, they were created originally for some kind of medical reason, mm-hmm. right? And then of course, you know, they get they get bigger <laughs> for, for certain reasons. But um, did you see a difference because how long were you in Switzerland? How many years was it? Uh, six and a half years. So do you see a difference from before you left in the States to now when you're back six and a half years later? It's hard to tell in a lot of ways because I was dieting then. So everything seemed so mm-hmm. normal. And then when I came back, I'm not dieting anymore. And so I'm like, I'm hyper aware and noticing all the diet talk and all the diet things. Um, so I can't say if it's necessarily better or worse. It, I think it's just ever evolving. I would say, you know, it's just, uh, people get obsessed with new things. Like right now, keto and macros are the big diets in the U S at the moment. And, uh, and then also the exercising, piece like everybody's obsessed with this peloton bike (laughs) and people are just it's funny to me you know in europe there was much less talk about your workout regimen and people were just more had it like an active lifestyle and walked places and hiked on the weekends and biked and that kind of thing and here in the u.s it's much more like i go to this workout class and i do i'm obsessed with this workout and it's more like extreme, like focused exercising, like I'm going to exercise for an hour at a time rather than walking throughout my day, <laughs> you know? Yes. And it almost seems like, well, I'm going to exercise for an hour or half an hour because I want to get stronger, fitter, lose weight, bulk mm-hmm. up, whatever the aim is. And maybe here it's more a hobby and the social concept, yeah, going hiking, going for a walk. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there we do have fitness centers here too. <laughs> yeah, of course, you, of course, you do. Yeah. But I mean, also, it is hard to say too because I'm kind of I'm in a suburb of San Francisco, so it's uh, it, you have to drive more <laughs> than I did in so it's, the trams. Absolutely. You're, you're just generally living in a city lifestyle. You're walking a lot more in general. So um, part of it is, is that. I know that too. So, but I would say just also just the talk about fitness, the, mm-hmm. the discussions. It's more just like, like for you and me, yoga is a passion and a love rather than a way to burn calories. And here I hear a lot of women not wanting to do yoga because you don't burn enough calories. 
Yeah, sometimes um, I guess I'd rather do a hit workout or a this boot camp class because that's what how I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah, and I guess that comes back to what we talked about before. You know, the feeling trying to foster, right? It's also having having fun and enjoying mm-hmm. you know, moving or eating and, yeah. <laughs> and cooking, right? I think that then becomes a whole different energy around it. Exactly. And that's that's what I'm passionate about teaching is just changing your mindset around food, around your body, around movement and doing it from a place of, of enjoyment and pleasure and not from a place of like, I hate my body. So I have to like a punishment place. That's, that's what's not going to make you feel good. You could actually be doing the exact same things, eating the exact same foods or doing the exact same workout, but with a switch of mindset to I'm doing this because it actually makes me feel good. And I love how I feel when I do this. It's a, it's just life changing. (laughs) Totally. And how do we, like you mentioned, you know, a little bit, you know, all the ages and, you know, your, your mom of two boys. And I mean, it must be also, I mean, difficult to, you know, you don't want to raise children that are then concerned about their, their body in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So what are certain things that, you know, even, you know, people may not have kids themselves, but what can we do to bring a more positive in terms of their body, like more positivity towards who they are, you know, physically? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, so... I think one of the biggest things that we can all do that I try really hard to practice is to compliment a majority of a variety of things, I would say, instead of just looks based compliments. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you're complimenting um, their creativity and what a good job they did building that Lego structure, (laughs) like (laughs) thinking of, and if it's something about their clothes, it's like, oh, that's, you. what a great style you have, you know, more complimenting what they have put together rather than the actual clothes. Because if you're just only complimenting your kid on when he has a cute outfit on, then he's going to relate or she is going to relate. Oh, mommy loves me more when I have a cute outfit on and when I look a certain way. And that's what you want to get rid of. But what you also have to do is lead by example, Mm-hmm. In your everyday life, when you're complimenting your girlfriend, your kids are watching. They're watching all that stuff. So compliment your girlfriend on, oh, you're so generous. I just love how kind of a person you are. I love uh, how creative you are. You know, th- other things. Yes, you can love her bag and you can um, love how she did her hair that day, but it should just be a variety of things. It just shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be 100% focused on the way that that anybody looks. So I think that's a great thing to do. And also just to, you know, when you're talking about foods and um, their bodies, just talking about their bodies growing stronger, you know, and 
and you want to eat this food to give you energy, you know, nothing related to food in relation to your body size. Don't talk about certain foods being good or bad because that could then relate that to, you know, getting back to body image issues mm -hmm. later and just teaching them also to be able to trust their body. Um, an example I had recently was my um, Cooper was having his birthday party and he had um, this caterpillar cake. He wanted the head of the caterpillar, which is quite a large piece, but I gave it to him anyways. And another um, child's mom cut her kid a really small piece because she was she's very uh, wanting to control how much sugar he has and Cooper eats a couple bites and he's he's done and he wants to go play and the other kid probably eats the same amount he finishes and he says I'm done with my first piece I'm ready for my second but it's because she tried to control him and his food <laughs> rather than letting him be in charge and so that's another piece just teaching them how to trust their bodies because the more that they're going to be able to trust and love their bodies the easier it is to to continue on with that as they they grow up so yeah yeah it's human nature right if we can't have something we want and even more but if we have it in front of us we're like okay that's okay then <laughs> Yeah, when food is abundant and available at all times, it's much easier to be like, okay, I'm done. And that's what I learned with intuitive eating and, and moving to Switzerland, like, okay, I can eat all these different kinds of foods. And I can have so much fun with food and enjoy it to the fullest. But I don't, um, because it's allowed. But when it when I was trying to not allow it, that would, uh, yeah, cause a whole slew of problems. Like when I wasn't allowing chocolate in the house, I'd get a bar of chocolate and then I eat the whole hundred grams. When I allowed to have like four bars of chocolate in the house, then I could eat a couple squares a day and be happy. <laughs> yeah. And then it comes back to how you feel towards yourself and towards your body. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, yeah, becoming really full circle here. So that's great. Yeah. I just think that the food and the body are so, interconnected because if you feel bad about if you if you feel bad in your body because you ate too much then you're going to feel bad about your body and then it's just this kind of circular <laughs> cycle that that goes on and uh yeah so they're they're really interconnected so if you are having some food issues and body image issues working on them at the same time is a really is a really good idea to help you heal Perfect. So that's a really good clue to tell us where people can find out more about your work. And yeah, if they want to dive deeper into this whole work, what can they do to find it? Yeah, totally. So I, I have a podcast as well called Quit Dining for Good. So you can dive in to learn more there. But if you want, if you know you're ready to do this work on intuitive eating and your body image and and self-care, then I have a, a program called Quit Dieting for Good that I've been running for the past four years now. And so that's a, a great place to, to learn, to really figure this stuff out and, and move, move through those struggles to heal your relationship with food and body. So 
those are great places. And I do have a free training as well. If you kind of want to learn about the, the steps to get started and have some actionable items, you can watch my training, how to ditch food guilt and body shame to gain confidence and feel free at caitlinball.com forward slash training. And I'm sure you'll put them in the show notes for everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we'll put everything into the show notes so people can find you. So thank you so much, Caitlin. And last but not least, because we are on the Life Creation Podcast, and Life Creation means how all aspects, a little bit like we talked about, are kind of interconnected and how we can creatively put them all together and enjoy this artwork of life. So for you right now, maybe this year or this week, do you have a quote or a mantra that is really helping you and guiding you? Yes, I do. And it's kind of my 2021 mantra because 2020 felt like a hard heavy year. And so this year I've decided that I'm going to let it be easy. So I'm trying to, in any, any moment, if I'm finding myself that something's hard, trying to make it easier and it's in a variety of ways in my life, you know, so often we have these shoulds, we feel like we should do this and we should do that. And it makes our life harder. And so recently I bought a bunch of delicious frozen meals for myself <laughs> because I was feeding myself nourishing food was feeling really hard because I couldn't always home make what I wanted. So I got these great meals. They make me happy. Another way is, you know, if I'm tired and exhausted, I let my son watch the iPad or TV and I just let go of the guilt around that. And so just little things like that to make my day easier. Um, it just is, it's what's serving me right now because I'm done trying to make it, <laughs> trying to do it the hard way. And uh, I just want, want things to be as easy as possible right now in this season of life that is a little bit harder. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so thank you for making this really easy <laughs> for us. So this is great. And again, we'll link everything in the show notes so people can find you. So thank you for your time, Caitlin. Thank you, Andrina. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you had some good insights and inspiration for new rituals for yourself and your body. To learn more about Caitlin and her work, listen to her podcast check out her free training as well as her group program and you will find all links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to send it to your friends, family members or whoever you think could benefit. To stay up to date, subscribe to the podcast over on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, those magic five stars mean the world to me or even a review. I would love if you could do that. Thank you for being part of Life Creation.